The definition of resiliency is understanding that you are not at fault. It is being open to learning, that you have permission to feel pain. Welcome everybody to the Resiliency Theory Podcast. I'm Ashley Carson. Join in my journey as we discuss resiliency, values, and leadership with friends, peers, and leaders. Welcome back, everyone, to the Resiliency Theory Podcast. Today, I have with me Michelle Sermon. She's the VP um, of Global Learning and Organizational Development and DEI at CKE Restaurants. Michelle, I'd love it if you could share a little bit about yourself. Oh, I'd love to. And thank you for having me, Ashley. This is pretty exciting. Um, Excited to be in this role. I've been here for about seven months. And uh, it's crazy to think uh, in the last seven months, so much has happened. Uh, When I accepted the position, it was here only a week. And uh, we had uh, our first tornado. Uh, and then 10 days after that, we had COVID. So what an onboarding it's been for me. Uh, but prior to uh, coming on board with CKE, I was with um, Bath and Body Works. And prior to that, the Jones Group. And most of my career has been in consumer goods. And most of my consumer goods career has been with Estee Lauder. So about 15 years with Estee Lauder, having spent some time in New York and um, certainly Um, Having started behind the counter as a beauty advisor many, many years ago, uh, making my way uh, into the um, director field education role. So I've had quite a journey to get to where I am today, excited about being in the food service industry, um, but really, really thrilled uh, to have a a moment where I can pause and say everything that I've done up to this point has really culminated and provided an opportunity for me to really help others to be their very best selves. Mm. I love that. I love that. Well, what a journey, right? The being in this role for only seven months and everything mm-hmm. that we've all been experiencing for seven months. Um, in 2020, I like to uh, often joke and, and say I'd like to return it because it's been such an <laughs> unprecedented year for everybody. And, and yeah. there's grief and, and change and loss mm-hmm. that we've all been experiencing. And so I think mm-hmm. it's just you know, as leaders, how do we show up to support each other and our, our employees and, and our team members? So I'm really excited um, for our conversation today. I'm really looking forward to diving into the questions. Um, so um, many of you know who's been listening to my podcast. And for those of you who haven't, I am really pa- uh, passionate about this idea of resiliency. And for um, many years, I have really wondered what really builds that resiliency muscle? And is it innate? Can it be trained? How do we train it? Um, and so there's a couple theories that I wanted, what that this podcast sort of set out to try and prove. Um, one is, is there a resiliency quotient? And, and really said maybe a little bit differently, um, is there a values equation in so much that certain values make individuals more resilient than others? And then another question I'm really interested in is just how do do values and resiliency correlate? And if so, how? So um, really looking forward to it. And um, Michelle, I'd love to start with what are your top three to five values? Hmm. 
I appreciate the question because it forces me to pause and uh, pausing is important. Um, I think that the one that comes to mind first for me is integrity. And integrity is so critical and very innate for me in that it reminds me every single day what matters most. Um, it is a signal that causes me to react and to um, really navigate many, many things. And I, and I have to tell you, it, it, it's something that I don't know I really knew how to acknowledge or recognize it early on. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn how to um, see it for its value and its worth. And what I mean by that is I think initially um, it probably was more of a, I don't know if it was, a, it was values. It was more of, am I, am I doing something that I shouldn't be doing or do I recognize something that shouldn't be happening or am I questioning something that doesn't feel good to me versus what's happening in a situation that is just not right mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, or it doesn't feel good because someone's, someone else is being impacted or it's going against, oh, wow, I have beliefs. Yeah, my beliefs or something that I've been taught that's not correct. Yeah. Um, or maybe even something that I've worked towards that I anticipate the outcome is not the right outcome, right? Um, and that level of integrity, um, when it's challenged, Ashley, has caused me, especially in my recent years, um, to really pause and, and question uh, whether a decision I would make, a choice I would make, a perspective I should have um, is the right one. And again, the more I've questioned or I've listened to some call of the inner voice, you know, I think everybody has a different yeah. word for it. Um, it has actually led me in the right direction and I'm grateful for that. And it is a value that um, I will have to continue to nurture and I look forward to continuing to nurture, but I trust it more today than I ever have, than I ever have. And I wish at a younger age, I understood what it was so that I could have learned <laughs> what it was uh, that I was being tapped um, to gain further insight into, but I would say integrity is, is, is a great value that I have, have such, um, such affinity, if I can use that word for, um, I would say the second for me is connectedness. And my husband talks about me all the time. I am, the, I am the person who I don't like spinning if I can help it. I want to make sure that if I'm focusing my time or there's a thought about something that I'm pulling one thought into another, one so that we're not wasting time. So there's some efficiency, but so that 
people and processes can come together and there's this sense of belonging and there's there's lineage, there's threading. Because oftentimes the lack of diversity of thought or the lack of inclusion even is what, and we all know this, separates us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uncomfortable. Um, it causes decisiveness or indecisiveness. Um, and it oftentimes takes us down paths where it's difficult for us to really appreciate people for who they are and, and even processes for what they could or should be. And so connectedness is a value that I trust more today. Um, and I take with me, especially in my role in my job, because um, so often you know, we get so excited about different things and just by listening and trying to understand and meeting people where they are, right? You're able to say, okay, if I hear you say this and I'm understanding this is happening and oh, by the way, as I was, was listening to understand in this conversation, the combination of those things will help us to then be able to right, fill in the guide. So I would also say that that's, that's a little innate. You used that language earlier today as well. Uh, but connectedness is a value if I can have, a, have permission to use it as a value. And I would say the last is, um, and it's not one word, but assuming positive intent. And this was not a value for me in the beginning because I, you know, you have to learn to trust people um, or things and, you know, coming up. And it's not that I grew up in an environment where I couldn't trust my mother or my family because I, I did. But, you know, I was bullied when I was younger and like most of us were in some form or fashion. And oftentimes I had to find ways of protecting myself or go into survival mode. Yeah, I'm very tall. <laughs> I could be clumsy sometimes, even though I was a ballerina when I was younger. And so I think one of the reasons I enjoyed dancing is because it taught me how to have more confidence. Um, but oftentimes, you know, I was talked about because I was tall and, you know, why do you think you can dance, you know, or why is that something that you would choose to do? Um, but to have that type of feedback as an example for someone to, you know, say, you know, why do you feel like you need to, you know, take ballet? Do you feel like you're better than other people or, you know, better than us? You have to, I had to learn how to assume positive intent that just because, you know, that's what I did, it didn't mean that I was trying to be better. It meant that that's what I enjoyed and that's where I found my confidence and I enjoyed being around other people. And as, you know, I progressed through life, being able to maximize that as meeting again, people where they are and understanding that everyone's journey, right. Is their own truth, Mm -hmm. Ashley. Mm -hmm. And that truth, no matter how uncomfortable it is and how it makes you feel, whether you're in a boardroom Uh, you're in the grocery store, you are having a conversation with girlfriends or, you know, a new guy that you're dating or whatever the case may be. 
your ability to assume positive intent is powerful. And when you do that, it actually puts you in a position of strength. And it's one that I uphold. And I think the more I'm able to do that, um, the better it will continue to make me as a person and as a human being. So integrity, connectedness, and always trying to assume positive intent, I would say are the values that are most critical, the three that are most critical to me. That's great. Thank you. I, uh, I was sitting here listening to you and I just really appreciated your intentionality when you were talking about your values. And I felt, uh, and this is probably going to sound, um, might sound a little funny, but like connected to you in a way, because I think a lot of what you shared really resonates with me personally in my own value system. Um, we often talk about this idea of holding people in positive regard, and it, ha- it has to do with like similar assuming positive intent of other individuals. And, and so our, how we kind of frame it up is like believing that people are doing the best they can in each scenario with the faculties that they have or the resources they have. And, and really leading from that mindset has been really critical and key as, as an individual and as a leader. So I just was uh, really drawn in as you were sharing your values. So thank you, Michelle. So I'd love to hear when you think about your values, where did they come from? What were there some life experiences where, you know, they really, resonated with you or where it became very clear to you that this was an important value? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I give some examples of that. Um, but if I can go back to the integrity one, I think, especially in the workplace, it's become more and more, especially as a woman of color, as a, as a black woman, um, it's become more profound mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the journey to um, really make sure that I'm working twice, if not three times as hard mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to show up, mm-hmm. right? And I don't mean necessarily like be present, but to do the work. Right. Um, and to also make sure that, you know, I am putting forth an effort of excellence Mm -hmm. because by the way, my mother taught me that way as (laughs) did my grandmother, you know, and my grandmother would always say, do the very best that you can. Mm -hmm. No one will ask for more and you will never be satisfied with less. Like I will never forget those words. And those were not her words, you know, originally, but those are words that she always shared with me and I will never forget that. And so most of us, you know, have a grandparent or a friend or someone in our lives who have instilled words of wisdom and encouragement to us um, that we carry with us. And I, and I take that and I've always taken that with me. Uh, and so if I think about that level of investment in my life and I think about who I am as a person, as a woman of color, as a woman, period, uh, and then a woman of color who has um, really tried to, again, be my very, very best in everything that I've done. My very best, my best, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, I think certainly I've tried to in comparison to others. (laughs) I think we all have. And I'm a little competitive, by the way, but nonetheless, be my very best. Um, I had to make sure that I was also 
assuming, not only positive, yeah. positive intent of others, but um, not beating myself up in the process. Mm-hmm. And there are examples when I've done that and it didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And so going to this place of saying, how far do you go where you have to be careful not to erode mm-hmm. your integrity, mm-hmm. right? Um, and everything that you stand for so as not to be viewed or seen as someone who is um, overcompensating or rude or callous or not nice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or out of your out of your place, and um, and especially in the workplace, I just think that's so important. And so, checking yourself or having a filter, and you know, just making sure that. Um, um, you're always just being thoughtful about um, everything that you do has has come to light in the workplace for me, just in every role that I've had. And it's something that I that that I always just really try to make sure that I'm being very careful about. But um, it, it is what grounds me. I love that. Um, I just I appreciate a couple of thoughts, um, you know being the very best and, and, and really like your best, right? So you have, we all have personal agency to decide what that is. And then with that personal agency, what our choice and, and how we want to show up. Um, one thing you stood out to me uh, just around the being competitive, it was really interesting and being female. So that's the connection point here. Uh, I read an, I read an interesting article a while back where it talked about females who are in leadership roles um, sometimes create a really interesting competition with other females mm-hmm. because there's so few roles. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes there's so few roles of leadership available to females that they, they don't want to help support someone to get into that role. Rather they want to compete against that individual. And so it is, it is very interesting, this sort of concept of having to be competitive to, to maintain and sometimes do your best. Um, when, 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 when in reality, after reading that, I kind of thought I had to check myself and ask, do I show up that way? Because I certainly don't want to. Um, and for me, inclusion is really important. And, you know, uh, I want to be supporting people's development and growth rather than like, prohibiting it or being barriers. Mm-hmm. So when you said that, it was just really interesting. It kind of triggered my memory around that article because mm-hmm. it's been something I've been really thoughtful of lately, just making sure that I'm checking in with my own self and how I'm showing up to be supportive of individuals versus the alternative. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's not new either, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, I, think, right. I think women are more empowered today mm-hmm. than they have been in the past. I think because we do pause to say, come on, you know, you, you, you've got to help. We have to help straighten each other's crown. We have to support mm-hmm. each other because we are stronger and better together. Um, but you're right. There was a moment and have been moments in our history yeah. as women. I mean, how wonderful that we get to celebrate this year, you know, the 100th anniversary of the 19th, uh, the ratification of the 19th Amendment. Yeah. Um, and to see the celebration of women coming together and saying our voices matter, not the voice of one or two or a few, but of all of us together, and that we all can have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just one of us can have the seat 
or the voice for us all, but we all can. And when we do look at what we can accomplish mm-hmm. and, and that level of pausing to say the integrity of that on behalf of women everywhere um, is powerful. Yeah. And, and I absolutely connect with that. And um, I, and I just think it's fantastic. So the more we can support each other, I think the better. And um, I, I totally am aligned with, with, with your statements. Yeah. I broke down. I love straightening our, each other's crowns. I loved mm-hmm. that. I mean, it's so true, right? Empowering mm-hmm. each other to do our best. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd love for you to think about a time when one of your values was challenged. Um, what was that experience and, uh, how did you respond and maybe what would you have done differently? Well, it's tough when people get to a place when they feel that, um, they are dealing with someone who they've not had the experience of working with. I keep using these work examples, (laughs) um, in leadership roles, right? So if you are, if you come from a different environment, working environment, or culture, let me say it this way, culture, a culture where, you know, for me, I've been very blessed to be in environments or cultures of, you know, where we were very inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, but every now and again, you will you know, come in contact with individuals where they've not been and and it's not the entire organization it might be certain groups or functions right maybe there have been more siloed ways of working and when that happens um you know it it makes it really tough because um, again this goes back to assuming positive intent um they feel like you are invading their space you know like why are you asking questions well because i'm curious and i'm and I want to know and I want to understand. I'm actually asking questions to learn. Mm-hmm. I'm seeking knowledge. I want to partner. Uh, and especially being in my role, right? That's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. And so the example that I would share with you is um, that's what I was doing. I was onboarding mm-hmm. um, and I was um, seeking to gain knowledge coming from a very objective space. You know, my goal was in the first 30 days, um, you know, and I've been said to some of the leaders uh, in this particular company, my goal is just to listen and to be objective and journal, mm-hmm. journal, journal, journal. Uh, I want to hear what everyone is saying at every level. And in this particular example, uh, the feedback that was given to me was that I was almost being nosy mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or um, was asking too many questions. And, uh, you know, and, and by the way, again, everybody has their way of asking questions and facilitating and or reaching out. Um, and I think I'm probably one of the most, um, this is me, you know, everybody has their own perception of themselves, but I've worked very hard. Let me put it this way. I've worked very hard to be the person to meet people where they are. I mean, it's, it's actually like a, a line <laughs> under my name, inspire performance is what I do. It's about how do you help others be their best selves? And so I pride myself on that. So I certainly 
uh, had no intention and have no intention of going into any function or certainly organization thinking I'm coming here to change everything. It's about I'm coming here to meet you where you are to understand. I cannot wait to learn more so that together we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that challenge um, or that feedback was hard, Ashley. Yeah. I mean, if you think about really <laughs> me, the one who's trying to connect the dots and understand right. And me, the person who's wearing everything that I've learned in my, you know, X number of years of being on the planet and, you know, getting and gaining insight as to how important it is for people to be heard and being excited about starting over and saying, yay, I get to help you to, um, to, to have a forum where you can talk and I can listen and I can bring my expertise and learn from you, glean from you and your expertise. And together, I don't have the answers today. We can walk together to be told that I was, you know, not really listening or, or not, um, um, or that I was being nosy or, you know, however you want to answer or phrase it was, was really, really hard. And when I say at the end of the day, I was like, wow, I feel like I was like my knees were chopped off um, and de- felt really defeated. And so how did I handle it um, uh, after I, you know, I did. I like had a tear, you know, I, 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 I was a little upset. And then I, uh, you know, as my grandmother would say, you know, if you're going to cry, go ahead and cry. Wipe your, wipe your eyes and then put your shoulders back, put your head up, you know, <clears throat> get your tissue and and laugh a little and move on. Uh, say your prayer if that's what you want to do. And I thought about, you know, all of the things I just shared with you. What is your purpose? Yeah. Why did you say yes to the job? Remind yourself of the reason why you are here. Mm-hmm. What were you asked to do? Place yourself in the position of that person or those individuals. What were they thinking? Mm-hmm. By the way, Michelle, what did you miss? Mm-hmm. Was there something you could have done different? And don't forget, this is a journey, not a sprint, mm-hmm. right? And when I talked to myself and really reflected and went back and looked at some of the notes that I had written down, I saw some answers, mm-hmm. you know? And so I said, okay, don't forget. Meeting people where they are sometimes doesn't feel good, especially if folks don't even realize that they're that where they are um, uh, is a place that was designed to have a conversation. It was you know, like a party in the first place, like you know, here that they were there for the purposes that you intended, even though you said our purpose is to talk or to have a conversation and to learn. If it's not culturally what someone really understands initially, why would you expect that that's what you're going to get? It might take several iterations of that. And it's not that I didn't know that, but sometimes it takes longer. And so give yourself a break, give them a break. And then what do you do with that and re-strategize? So learning never stops, Ashley. It never stops. It never stops. Um, And you know, if it's something that someone enjoys developing and understanding people and the psychologies of it and and really just trying to help others, again, truly be their best selves by recognizing and acknowledging where they are, we can get there. But oftentimes, 
the very thing that, again, gets us where we are is not necessarily what's going to get us where we're trying to go. And pausing and reflecting is really important. I like to use a philosophy oftentimes through thought leadership, and you can use it for coaching, you can use it for feedback, you can use it for whatever, just insert here. But it's very simple. It's starting with pausing and reflecting to gain insight. Like that's the first step. So what was the insight? You know, so that's what I did with myself. It was like, Michelle, what insight did you gain as a result of what just happened? Right. What, what was the insight? It could be, how did it make you feel? What did you hear? What resonated with you? Based on that, then I would say, now what are you thinking? <laughs> right. How does it shape your thinking? What Um, how does it influence your thinking, right? How does it adjust your thinking? And then from there, I would say or ask myself, well, then what actions or behaviors would you take as a result of your thinking? What one or two, not three or four or 29, but what one or two, right, actions or behaviors would you take as a result of the thinking? And then the fourth, if you want to put it in steps, really is then, what outcomes or results do you expect because of that? And that methodology or that philosophy really does help me really in any scenario to really think through what do you do in any situation when you are challenged? So whether it's through values or a tough situation or you're trying to inspire performance or really inspire an outcome um, to be different. Um, or one that you want to continue because you're wanting to recognize what success looks like. So go back to insight. What's the thinking? What are the actions? And then how or what result do you expect as, as, um, uh, as an outcome of that? Yeah, that's great. I love that philosophy and that framework that you just outlined. You know, one of the things I was hearing in your answer, um, I imagine that experience um, was really hard for you. And and part of it for me is when I go back and I think about what you shared in regards to your value around connectedness, um, how you explained it to me, what I had wrote down is like, uh, felt like you have a a very systematic thinking and um, you like to look at the big picture and understand all of it in a way where you can sort of piece it together, whether that's process or people or policies. And so by someone telling you you're being nosy and maybe I'm inferring the wrong thing, but possibly it was like impacting that value. That's so important to you, right? And it maybe triggered you in a way where you were like, Whoa, what's going on here. And I, and I think what I heard when you talked about what you would do differently, there was such humility, right? It was about what could you personally do that? It is a journey, you know, what is the purpose and like, not necessarily about the other individual, but about you, like, what were you missing? So I just, um, I loved what you shared and how open you were about it. And it was, I really appreciated that answer and, and the, the reflectiveness within yourself. Um, I'd like to ask a question, Michelle, kind of building upon that, um, something that stood out to me and that, that there were two questions that really stood out to me. And I think, Um, For me, it feels like they're kind of tied to this value of yours around connectedness. Um, You had asked, uh, you know, in that experience, well, what what is my purpose? And and what was I asked to do? And I'd actually love to hear 
how, if you were to give some guidance to other leaders, like how do you help people? How do you create connectedness, right? So that sense of belonging or that sense of purpose, like, are there certain things that you have done or that are there tools or philosophies that you use to really help people understand and and get to that place of belonging or purpose? Yeah. Um, journaling is one. <laughs> I know I mentioned that earlier. Um, it's taskful, but, uh, or tasking, but it is really helpful. And nowadays there's so many ways you can journal. You can journal, uh, by typing into your phone. Uh, if you like iPads and you have the pen, you can write, or you, you don't want to do either. You can just record your voice, <laughs> right? You can take mental notes, uh, not mental notes. You can make uh, voice notes by just, talking about your day, right? Um, But I think it's so important for you to not forget those one or two things, not 50 things. I think we overcomplicate it, but what's the, you know, maybe the one insight that you had from the day goes back to that same methodology Mm -hmm. that I shared. What's that one insight that you had um, that really resonated with you when fill in the blank? Um, and the more you can do that, um, or even if it's just a pause, if you don't, if you don't write it down, just pause. Like, what was that thing that you did or that you said in a meeting or in a conversation or in a direct, in, in, in the way you went to work today, right? One of those reflections I think is so important. Um, and the more you do that, I think it helps you to understand who you are, how you see process, how you see things. Um, but in terms of people like in the workplace and especially yeah. when I think about my role, it, it's, it's so funny. I'm, I'm chuckling because it, you know, we think about performance management. Yeah. Oh my God. The one thing that some people like uh, either cringe or like, oh, I'm not talking about me, you know, um, it's so important for us as teachers mm-hmm. um, and leaders, because I believe that leaders are teachers. Mm-hmm. Therefore, teachers are leaders, uh, no matter your role, whether you're the CEO or the CFO or the CIO or the CLO or, mm-hmm. or the crew member or the beauty yeah. advisor. It doesn't matter what your role is. Each of us, uh, if you have an associate or an employee member, you are a leader. So it's so important for us to want to understand our value and what success looks like for us, no matter who we are. And I don't believe that anyone gets up, and we all have heard this same statement, you know, gets up and says, I'm going to have a terrible day today. I, you know, I, I, I would hope that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And so if that then is the case, we all get up and we say, something good is going to happen today. Mm-hmm. I would hope that you always pause and are curious to understand what that is. Mm -hmm. And so in the workplace, that comes to life in um, a performance conversation, an individual development plan, a touch base. Um, Right now we're in a virtual world. When you have, you know, a Zoom call, a Teams meeting, a Mm -hmm. one-on-one, it could be you know, just a, hey, I just want to check in with you. If you don't have anything specific that's happening, you know, find 15 or 30 minutes um, to talk about, you know, a, a topic that you were working on. Uh, maybe it's, you know, a project that you're working on. Find any reason to have conversation with people. And when you then do, you know, talk about 
what you've done well, mm-hmm. right? Um, and when you're able to do that, it gives you a chance to, again, I go back to the word pause, yeah. reflect, identify, under, seek to understand, mm-hmm. have conversation. Um, and, you know, if you're able to talk about what you did well or not what you did wrong, but maybe what you'd want to do different or what you'd want to increase or add or start, stop, continue with whatever mm-hmm. methodology that you use, then that helps you. And the more that you do that, that creates connectedness, right? Because now you're able to say, gosh, you know, the last time, Ashley, we had this conversation or the next time you have a conversation with someone different, you might say, you know, I was having a conversation with Ashley and we were talking about blank. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Tell me about that. It becomes yeah. an organic, authentic mm-hmm. conversation or dialogue, mm-hmm. but that's what we don't do. We have a difficult time creating spaces and places mm-hmm. just to talk. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we are heads down or we don't, um, find venues or opportunities to um, find purposeful reasons to have conversation. We're not curious, you know, where's the curiosity? So um, I encourage everyone, again, no matter who you are, be a leader in your own space, be a teacher of your own truth. Find reasons and purposes to talk, to have conversations. Stay curious. You could be the world. I mean, there's so much to be curious about. Oh, here's smart water. Hmm, what's on the bottle? Right? Um, wow, I had to present earlier today. Really, tell me about that. Right? Any reason. And Lord knows there's so much going on in the world. And, and by the way, your perspective is your perspective. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with that. Your opinion is your opinion. But what makes it powerful and engaging and fair and equitable and inclusive is that when you share it, that you give others an opportunity to ask questions and that you're listening to understand and that you are meeting others where they are and that you have dialogue, that you're not being offensive and combative, um, but that you are being open and that, that creates connectedness. And when you do that, it actually feels good. It gets the endorphins moving, blood starts to flow, and you want to have more of those conversations. You're more reflective um, and more engaging. So I like to encourage connectedness by just simply staying curious and encouraging others to do so. And wherever you can journal that, write it down, make a note, whether it be mental or otherwise, Mm -hmm. um, and reflect back on that often and or share the better. Yeah. I really liked this, the, just the concept around like creating the opportunity for the conversations too. Right. Um, And, and carving out the space or the place to really talk. And I like how you, you stated when you share Everyone's perspective is their own perspective. But when you share your perspective, it offers people the opportunity to understand, right? And I, I think that's pretty powerful. And I and it's important for us to remind each other of that, especially in the work that we do on a day-to-day basis and supporting people and, and supporting, um, you know, everything that they're experiencing 
on a normal day-to-day, let alone everything else that's happening in our current environment. So I really, I really appreciated that. Well, let's um, pivot. I'd love to um, dive into this topic of resiliency. So Michelle, what is your definition of resiliency? Mm. Uh, Isn't it everything we've talked about? (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. Wow. The definition of resiliency The definition of resiliency is understanding that you are not at fault. It is being open to learning. Resiliency means that you are, that you have permission to feel pain. And when I say pain, I'm, I'm speaking. Sure, it could be physical pain, Um, but I'm talking about emotional pain, psychological pain. You're resilient to what someone or something might be attempting to to do to harm you, whether it's your feelings or your emotions or press against you. You know, I talked earlier about bullying. Yeah. Um, resiliency means even though it didn't feel good to me, you know, I remember growing up, you know, like, and everybody has something, right? Like my hair was always short. Like I just couldn't, (laughs) it's like babies, like, you know, little babies, they have spots. And even when I was growing up, my hair just would not grow long in certain areas. And it was just always short. And my God, I was bullied for that. I'm like crazy. And it's funny. And so it finally grew, you know, after high school and college, it grew, and you know, so I let it grow. And then it's interesting in the workplace, it needed to be longer, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what was more acceptable and be straight. So it was straight. And then, you know, I got to a place where I was like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So now my hair is short and I wear mm-hmm. it short and I love it. Mm-hmm. And it's been short for 10 years. That's resiliency. How about mm-hmm. that for a definition of resiliency? Yeah. It's fine. Resiliency is finding your truth and owning it. Yeah, I love that. Um, resiliency is taking a stand for what you believe in. Mm-hmm. Resiliency is having weathered many scenarios or examples of what injustices or mistruths or bad behavior or circumstances have been and recognizing them and not letting them move you, but instead seeing them come over the hill and knowing exactly what to do and what to say. It's being on the offense versus on the defense and with strategy and poise and grace and confidence and not boasting, mm-hmm. but with calm and capability and a smile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, <clears throat> I mean, this is a very simplified definition. Um, I love yours. I, I, there's quite a few that really stood out to me. Um, so, you know, I sort of think about resiliency as it's how we respond in the wake of adversity and challenge. But for me, actually, what 
what's been really interesting in these conversations, and actually, as I reflect back on my own personal life, what's more important um, about resiliency is what we learn from it, how we pause and how we reflect and what we learn from it, and then how we grow as individuals. Mm -hmm. And I think back to like your bullying example. I mean, I was, we moved a ton as as kids, and I was always the eccentric child at the new high school. Um, I'm a lesbian, and so I was never comfortable sharing any of that in those new scenarios because kids were already picking on me for being six feet tall and wearing funky cat eye glasses. And for me, that was my identity and I loved it. Right. right? And, and so, but, but I also had to acknowledge that, that it often wasn't about me and it was about maybe the discomfort that I was causing Others, others, because it was new to them or a new experience to them or like, where did this girl come from? We've not seen this before. Right. And so, you know, it's always any experience I have. Um, I, I practice similar philosophies around like pausing, reflecting, trying to understand what my role was and, and what can I do differently going forward, which I really think has built that resiliency muscle in me. And as I've talked with leaders, feels like there's very similar stories around how people practice resiliency. So I really loved everything you said. And then there were a few that really stood out to me. So um, I have an interesting question. Um, Do you think that values and resiliency are directly correlated? Yes. Yes. Um, When I think about the three that I shared with you and then some that I didn't, um, um, absolutely. Um, They like, with, without integrity, without connectedness, uh, without assuming positive intent, without filter, without, um, gosh, I, I think I probably wrote down a couple others um, that I think curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, how could I not be resilient, mm-hmm. right? Without the journey that I've been on, how could I not be? Those, those values, to use your language, build the muscle of resiliency. It's like training. Mm-hmm. Those are the, those are the values, the value protein mm-hmm. <laughs> of resiliency, of the resiliency muscle. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely. And that's, and that's why I said earlier, bring it on. Yeah, this yeah. is not a sprint. Those values are not like, Oh yeah, I, I, I am the best at integrity. Like, I'm check. I'm done. Like take me out of the world. I'm finished. No, like I'm going to continue to be challenged when it comes to those values. I mean, like even right now today, this morning, I think about it. I'm like, Oh my God, I just wanted to jump off the balcony because my (laughs) integrity was challenged, you know? And, um, and I had to say, all right, get it together, get it together. What's the purpose? Get it together. I mean, literally, I was walking around in my bathroom, like, get it together. Mm-hmm. Get it together right now. Get it together. You know better. Mm-hmm. You under, you know what this is, right? Yeah. Um, remember your takeaway. You, you, know, you said that the, these were the three things that were important to you. You know, don't let this whatever, this ickiness right now take over you. What do you need to do, right? That right there was resiliency because mm-hmm. I could very well have said, Oh my God. Like I'm feeling like I didn't do that. I said, yeah. stop it. Mm-hmm. 
what are you going to do? You've got work to do. You have people to inspire. You have a business to run. And by the way, I like making money. Yeah. <laughs> I like making money. I like, it's, I like making money, meaning not me. Of course we all do, but totally. I like making businesses money, right? Mm-hmm. I like driving performance. Mm-hmm. You can't do that if you let or allow, you know, these very small things that are big things that you are hired to help us overcome and or learn and overcome and move from mm-hmm. get in the way. Yeah. That was resiliency. And yes, ma'am, they are directly correlated. And what I would say to anyone and to your listeners, embrace it, mm-hmm. embrace it. Yeah. And, you know, identify your values, know what they are, own your truth, speak it, talk about it um, and, and champion, get the t-shirt, wear it, (laughs) earning my resiliency and celebrate it as much as you possibly can, but they are directly correlated. I I often think, you know, when you're sort of faced in those mornings, like your, your morning, um, I think I have to remind myself, this is my own personal philosophy. It's maybe not everybody's philosophy. So I acknowledge that, but like, we are only given what we can handle. So even if like, there's one more thing that's piled on top, like we, we are equipped and it's what we, how we, that's right. how we approach it, what we do with it, which goes back a lot to that, like personal agency. Like I believe even if something else comes up that I have to deal with, like I have the ability, I just have to really harness it and understand mm-hmm. like, how can I get there? Mm-hmm. But, but it is easy. I mean, you know, today with COVID and the social unrest, there's so much grief that people are experiencing. And so I also think, while that's my philosophy, I also have to acknowledge there are days where I'm sad and I miss things and I am experiencing my own level of grief and that's okay. Right. Um, and I might wake up feeling like I can't do this, but I have, but you know, there's just something in me. There's like a fire that gets, starts turning where I'm like, okay, Ash, you got this. We got this. Um, so, and I think that's a lot of, for me, where my resiliency lives. Mm-hmm. I love that too. Um, I'd love to hear kind of diving in a little bit more about resiliency. Do you think that um, resiliency is innate and everyone has some amount or innate quality of resiliency? Well, I mean, we were all born. Right. <laughs> so I think. There is a, there is at least an ounce of resiliency in every human being. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Uh, Even though we might not remember it, I think we all have it in us. I think how it is nurtured Mm. and how it is exercised, how it's practiced, how it's um, developed um, depends upon a lot of things. Um, I mean, if you think about, you know, as you were sharing, even um, you're growing up and I'm sure your parents or whomever surrounded you uh, really helped you through the challenges that you had, right? Coming up to, to be there to say, it's okay, honey, or let's talk about this or how you're feeling or friends, no matter who, how, however you were surrounded or whomever surrounded you. Um, helped you. For me, my grandmother, right? Be the best you can. Nobody can ask for more. You can never be satisfied with less. Um, And or how you internalize as you continue to evolve and learn, you figure out your own ways of 
um, nurturing yourself to be more resilient or building, as you said, the muscle of resiliency. Um, so I believe we all have it. I really, really do. Like I said, if you were born, yeah. <laughs> you have it. Plants yeah. have it. Like, I mean, seriously, like you come out of a seed and you come through the, mm-hmm. the, the, the dirt, like we all have it. Mm-hmm. But I believe that the nurturing of it to create um, levels of resiliency is the piece. And you know what? And that's, you know, I'm having this moment. I'm like, gosh, wow, what an accountability as a human being. Mm-hmm. What an accountability as an organization. Mm-hmm. What an accountability as leaders, mm-hmm. as people that we have to create and instill and empower people, human capital to feel that they um, can be resilient in their culture, in their company, in their role, so that they can focus and be their best selves, Mm -hmm. right? Um, How do you do that by, you know, having, um, by creating great roles, creating great environments, making sure that um, the jobs that we are hiring them to do are you know, jobs that are inspiring, that are aspiring or aspiring uh, roles, Mm -hmm. um, uh, that we're creating engaging cultures, Mm -hmm. right? Um, That level of um, resiliency, yes, I can do and be anything and everything I want within my organization. We are, that's our responsibility, Right. right? As parents, as aunties, as grandmas, as sisters, as brothers, as us. That is our responsibility. That's like the price of entry of being on the earth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so it's just a moment that I'm having as you're asking me this question. Um, nurturing resiliency is everybody's problem. Yeah. And the more that we do that, or as we think about the levels and or um the themes of resiliency, I guess is what I'm looking for. It's what we have to be cognizant of, but wow, what a, what, what a responsibility yeah, yeah. as people, as a, as a race, as humanity, yeah. no, no matter who you are, yeah. no, no matter what you do, no matter the industry, we're all responsible to help people. Again, it's another definition of how do you help someone be their best self? Yeah. You help them to be as resilient as they can so that they can. Yeah. I love that. I love that, Michelle. You know, in our, in our roles, being that we support people, um, and I, le- I like the responsibility of nurturing it so that people can be their best self. But, you know, my question is, can resiliency be learned? And I think the answer is yes. But how? Like, how do we nurture it? How do we create environments where people can be their best self? Um, well, that's the hard part. Well, it's not easy. And, you know, whether you are brought into an organization or you've grown up in an organization that you've been in for many, many years, um, we have to be open to it. Um, And you can only hope that you have leaders who see the value of pausing and saying, we have to create values, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, That say, this is who we are. And these values are indicative of us making sure that in everything that we do, that we are saying we are inclusive, that we listen, that we inspire performance, 
that we are people focused, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that we, number two, uh, have you know a vision and a mission statement that also say the same, and that we act on it, right? Uh, everything that we do um, is going to be one that um, helps you to be your best self. So we will create a learning ecosystem that provides you with talent management and leadership development courses and, um, um, you know, and engaging, engaging content that will, you know, provide you with um, tracks of, 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 um, of, um, of information to, to identify where you have opportunities and to maximize your strengths. Like we, we have to, as leaders, agree that it is important. And if we say we are people first, we can agree first that we are people first. And that what that means is that we are creating cornerstones that establish that. And that within those cornerstones, uh, we put every process that we possibly can in place. My hope is that one person at a time, we're able to do that. Uh, But it's not easy, but we all have to hold hands and we have to uh, make sure in everything that we do, again, that we are um, intentional and purposeful mm-hmm. and fluid and, uh, and just and, and engaged. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is, it is so interesting how, how important values are in leadership and how we not only have a mission and a vision and, but we, pra- I love how you said practice it. Right. And how do we create opportunities and spaces for other people to do the same? And, 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 you know, I think by creating that space, we can create the environments for people to practice their resiliency muscle. And, and I, I often use this term fail forward, right? So it's, it's okay if, if it doesn't work. Like, let's talk about what worked, what didn't work and what do we need to do differently to move the project along? Like, I think that's a, it's a great opportunity to allow people to reflect and, and learn from each experience. And, and for me, I, I always say I hire the best and the brightest and people, in fact, who are smarter than me at the role of hiring. Please. Yes. Like I want them to come in and, and blossom and do the work that they have the background to do. And then I am their, 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 their advocate and their champion. And I'm there to remove barriers. And, and so it's like, how do we, how, how can all of us as leaders sort of remove our own egos and create space for that? Right. And create environment. Well said, well said, well said. So I have a couple more questions, Michelle. Um, Do you think, so when we think about values and, we think about resiliency. I'm wondering, uh, kind of going back to the beginning of the when we started, do you think that there's a resiliency quotient or some set of values that make individuals more resilient than others? Perhaps so. Um, I think that it also goes back to something I said earlier in it. Everybody's experiences, right, and journeys are a little different. Um, and I think that that, at the end of the day, is what shapes mm-hmm. someone's success. And I think that there are a multitude of formulas. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, someone's 
hunger and desire for success is, is, is a piece of that, right? So do you desire, are, are you already equipped and does, do you want to see success? Like, is it, is it important to you to have positive outcomes, right? Are you hungrier than others? Do you lean in, right? Is curiosity always at the forefront? And well, leadership, right? <laughs> like, like naturally, are you a leader? I, I, I think that if you can call it a value, like I, I, I think that that's really important. And I think the combination of those would be a pretty good quotient. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, what's interesting- to come up with the formula. <laughs> totally. What's interesting about the question is um, when I started, and actually, as I've just pondered resiliency for the last number of years, and it started just with my background, and I had a son very early, and you know he's a 23-year-old now, and it's interesting to see how he demonstrates resiliency. Um, when I started, I, I was of this mindset that, yes, there was a quotient of values that made people resilient. But, but what's been interesting is, you know, through this, I think there's some shift in my own personal philosophy around like, I think it's in the journey is how people build that resiliency muscle, yeah. but it's still a really interesting question to ask individuals to see different perspectives because some depending, you know, have there's variation because we all have our own perspective. So I do have one last question and it's somewhat similar, but a little different. If you had to define your quotient, your resiliency quotient, what is it? Other than the journey and what we've talked about? If there's anything else that stands out to you? I, I, I don't know that I would. I, I think I'd go back to Maya Angelou's quote, which is, I, I would not take anything from my journey. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't take anything from my journey. I believe that, mm, I love that. There, there's so many things Ashley, that have happened in my life. And it's hard to pick one thing. I mean, we talked about integrity. We've talked about leadership. We've talked about servant leadership. We've Mm -hmm. talked about my grandmother. We've talked about my mother. We've talked about experience. There's so many things. We've talked about nurturing. I mean, gosh, that that has me really, (laughs) look at me scratching my head thinking, wow, like the nurturing piece. Um, I would not take anything for my journey, which is why, you know, I, 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 I leave this podcast really thinking about the power and the responsibility that each of us have to empower ourselves and others to be their very best selves. And when we do that, we create such a resiliency that helps everyone to be okay and to make it through and to find and accept their truth and to live their best life and be successful at whatever, whatever they decide that they want to do. We all have the ability to do that. Great. I love that. I mean, I'm just going to end on this quote because I think it's so amazing. I would not take anything from my journey. Mm -hmm. That says so much right there. And how powerful learning from your journey can be. Uh, Well, Michelle, this has been such an inspiring conversation and I have loved our dialogue and um, 
my brain's also spinning every time I leave and end a podcast. I'm like thinking about other things and contemplating my own thoughts and philosophies. And so um, I appreciate you making the space and the place for us to have this conversation and the opportunity to have you on my podcast today. So thank you so much. Honored, honored. Thank you so much. All the best to you. Yes, same to you, Michelle. I'm Ashley Carson. Thanks for listening to the Resiliency Theory Podcast. Our journey of learning and my quest to understand resiliency continues. Check out my blog at resiliencytheory.com to continue this conversation. Or if you want to listen to my next podcast, follow me there. If you'd like to connect with me, there are a few ways. You can follow me on my Instagram page at Resiliency Theory or my LinkedIn page at Ashley Smith Carson. You can also email me at hello at resiliencytheory.com.